Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Well, everyone, and welcome back into another week of Train, Eat, Repeat. So glad you guys are with us. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome on in. In this podcast, we talk about training, exercise, movement, nutrition, and also mindfulness. So Absolutely. really teaching you how to reduce stress. And as always, Andrea, you already heard her voice. Is here <laughs> Hello. With me. Uh, and so we hope you guys had a great Memorial Day weekend. I hope it was sun filled. I know it was here in Michigan, at least I heard some other parts of the country, not so much. Um, But either way, it's kind of the official kickoff for summer. And we hope that you guys are gearing up for a great one. So what are we talking about today? Uh, Big focus, we're going to go back to our train, eat and repeat sort of sections. We'll also have a little closing thought at the end. Since when did the COVID weight become the new uh, sort of excuse for why you got to the where where you are now. Yeah, I think it got replaced by the freshman 15 or freshman, freshman 20. Freshman 15. Whatever. It also could be like the winter weight yes. or the holiday weight or, you know, let's stop using these terms. So that's going to be sort of our, our closing thought today. But we're going to be talking about specifically in the training uh, department, um, what's the deal with fitness trackers? And Andrea and I had a really interesting conversation. We both just changed uh, the fitness trackers that we were using. And I think it was very eye-opening. Opening, uh, not just for ourselves, but the clients that we work with. Um, what do you actually get out of a fitness tracker? And is it good? Is it bad? Um, I think we have cases in both both ways. And then we're going to talk a little bit about plant-based eating, uh, something that has been um, sort of in the discussion, I would say, in other podcasts and other experts, um, but sort of share our experience um, because, you, as you know, Andrea is our resident vegetarian, <laughs> lacto-ovo vegetarian, um, which we've talked about before. And I'm starting to eat more in a plant-based style of eating um, because of how I feel and, and why that's important. And then lastly, uh, we're going to be talking about um, – what are we going to be talking about? I completely forgot the last piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, How do you eliminate the need for instant gratification? So it's very common for people to give up on a fitness routine, an exercise routine, and because they feel like it's not working. They don't give it enough time. So we're going to talk about those pieces in particular. Um, and – Obviously, give us, give us your feedback. We always love to hear from you guys. And um, we appreciate all of the listeners out there that have left a five-star review and a written review on the iTunes uh, podcast app. So let's dive right in. All right. So there's this notion that if, <laughs> or more so a thought process, and I don't know if other people feel this way, if it didn't get recorded on your watch, it didn't count. Uh, yes, I totally agree with that. I I think I was obsessed with my fitness track, tracker and somewhat tied to uh, that instant gratification that we were talking about at the end, the instant gratification of closing all my rings or getting a little badge reward like, yay, I did something, I did my steps or whatever it might be. Um, but there's so many fitness trackers out there these days, so many. And I feel like they keep adding to them too, yes. adding to the features at least. Like the newest Apple Watch has a way to do a, I believe an echocardiogram, not an echocardiogram. It a, completes um, the loop. It's a, it's not, is it a pulse ox or it, it um, 
I can't remember what it's called, but it cl- complete, completes the loop. So you but it, it can tell you when, like, you're having, like, your regular heart yeah. rate, beat rhythms yeah. and things like that. Like, things that normally you would have to go it to a hospital or a doctor. tells you how long to wash your hands. What? Yes. No. I just read that the other day. I thought we just learned all that through this whole COVID <laughs> thing. Is like, okay, you wash for two minutes. And see, that's where I think, like, it can get a little bit too much. And that's actually why, at least the right reason I decided, other than the fact that I totally trashed my Apple Watch <laughs> by flying off a scooter, here nor there. Um, but I decided not to go back to Apple. I think they make a great product. I think it's great for a lot of people. But I wanted something that was solely based just for fitness. Like, I felt like I didn't need all those extras. And if anything, it distracted me from getting certain things done. It was almost like having another phone on my wrist, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it got kind of confusing. So in, in your experience, because mm-hmm. I know you said like I got kind of obsessed and I know you're still transitioning because you also went with a different fitness mm-hmm. tracker. Um, and by the way, we are not uh, affiliated with, sponsored by Garmin or anything like that. It was a, it was a simple to, choice. Would be more than Garmin, if you're to. listening, we would love to partner with you. Um, but but what were the biggest reasons that you wanted to make that transition? So I find myself being overly distracted at times when I should not be distracted. Uh, either my watch buzzes and I look down because I need to know why it buzzed. Um, and I'm not in a position anymore where I'm away from my phone like I was in the years past. And And I don't have many things that are tying me to that phone that I need to have that readily available on my on my wrist. So I was open to looking at different trackers to kind of force myself to take a step back because I loved my Apple Watch. It was it was great. Um, But the battery, it was always I always had to charge it at night. Um, And it was it was a little clunkier than what um, I'm wearing now. So I did um, scratch up the screen quite a bit, but I. I, I was a t- I was attached to it in the sense that if I went for just to walk the dog or uh, a bike ride, I had to record it. I had to record every single movement. And and why do you feel like that was maybe a bad thing or a good thing? Oh, I think it was a bad thing because I think it took away from being in that moment. Sure. Um, where it, and that's my competitive nature. Like mm-hmm. I have to get these steps in, and I have to make sure I'm counting these calories. Which we've I've seen that, and I'm sure you have with clients. Like that can actually be a good thing because it almost builds in another level of accountability, yeah. right? Like if so, like on the Apple Watch for those of you that are not familiar, if you don't have one, it has an activity ring, which basically is just your total activity, and they. they base it off of like a calorie count, right? Mm-hmm. Which by the way, a lot of those calorie counts are off, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and sometimes in great amounts. And then they also have a step counter. So it's how many actual steps you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and your activity is obviously a part, part of that. And then there's your move ring, which is like your exercise ring, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, or standing ring, Stand. I'm sorry, yeah. I forgot one of those. Um, but the idea is, is that you close all three rings in a day and then it sets up separate challenges in there. So that's where I could see it being a good thing. Like if you're sure. just starting on a fitness journey and 
let's say you need a little bit of that instant gratification, a little bit of that, hey, I I need somebody that's going to cheer me on, but I don't necessarily have a coach or I don't have a, a partner or a friend that, that's going to do that for me. The watch can be sort of self-serving. And it also is handy in the sense that it also allows you to see progress, mm-hmm. right? Like even the watch we have now, it tells us after a run, if we have a new record in a 5K, mm-hmm. new record in a 10K, it's more of a running-based watch. You can do other things with it. But um, that's where I feel like it can be a good thing, but then also a very distracting thing. For sure. And I I agree with you. I think it is a very good thing at its core value that it does tell you to get up and move when you've been sitting for so long, which I think is a great thing to remind people, especially in this day and age when we're working from home, get up, you know, move around, stand up. It does tell you to do that, which I think is, is extremely beneficial. But I think I went over... I am competitive by nature, so I think I went over the edge on on the other. Now, having a new watch where I'm not recording every walk or every bike ride or every movement, it's been a sense of like... Uh, a weight off my shoulders. Like I know I'm doing this and it's good for my body, but I don't have to record it because I know it's, I'm still moving. Well, and it still counts yeah. and, and, and it can almost force you to overdo it, mm-hmm. to overtrain. Like mm-hmm. when you're, you, you almost lose the sense to be more uh, aware of what your body actually needs mm-hmm. because the watch can only tell you so much, mm-hmm. right? The watch is saying, we'll close these no matter what, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, with, with these watches, we have a little bit of a, a different uh, metric called a body battery where mm-hmm. we're looking at things like heart rate variability, uh, the amount of sleep that we got the night before, the amount of stress that we've been under recently, and it will tell you what type of activity you're ready for. For those of you that are that have uh, the Whoop Band, I believe is one of them, mm-hmm. um, that's very similar in the sense that it's all about showing you when if you're actively recovering enough in mm-hmm. between your exercises exercise, which you've heard us talk about numerous times how important recovery is. Now, do you need a watch to tell you that? No, but I think having a a balance between the two, like I think it's a great tool for people that uh, don't really have an idea on on how unactive they are Mm -hmm. um, and how active they need to be in order to just feel better. I'm not talking about reaching a goal. Um, And also there's some community built into it too, because you can share your activity with other friends, which is also a nice feature feature on on the Apple Watch and also on the Garmin watches. And you can do that on Fitbit as well. I Mm -hmm. mean, Fitbit does a really good job where you can challenge other people to different step challenges and those type of things. So I do think it it does try to bring in a good community focus. And I do, if you are interested in a um, fitness type tracker, uh, there are so many out there that go all the way to like like he had said before having your phone on your watch versus just having a pedometer that will track your steps and might track your sleep because i know fitbit i think tracks your sleep is in all of their watches and it is interesting to track your sleep because you think you you're sleeping good or you think you don't wake up and then you you're able to see what the metrics is when you do wake up so it's all about having that information handy and what in you what you feel is necessary to have it handy now if if you do, if it is you are new to a program or new to exercising, I think it's a great option to have for you to help you get moving and get that little instant gratification of those little rewards that you have. 
And I think it's, like you said, it's important to shop around to find exactly what you want out of the watch. Mm -hmm. And the good thing, too, to know is that on a lot of these watches, you're able to um, turn off or turn on certain features that you may or may not want. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like for me, it was really important not to get my text messages and all my alerts and notifications, which is a great way to boost productivity and another great way to ensure that you – can actually go to sleep mm-hmm. and and not feel like you're always getting triggered by your by your phone. Um, so I just turn those off. Mm-hmm. Even though I have the ability in the Garmin, I obviously had the ability in the Apple Watch. It was important for me to have my watch be basically a timekeeper mm-hmm. and then also there for me to track my fitness. Mm-hmm. So I think those are two really important pieces. Um, and again, I don't think you can go wrong. Just know that there are other measurements uh, or ways to measure your health and your wellness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you also might not be very technologically savvy. There's a reason why there are still like forms out there and journals and and yes. and workout logs. Yes. You know, there are other ways to sort of lock in your fitness or to be able to track your fitness um, and your health. But what what what's really amazing though is that how far the technology has come. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Because so many of the things that are on our wrist right now are things you would have to you'd have to get by going to a doctor's office. Yes. And yes. so I think if anything, some you know, technology is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and it can be a bad thing when it becomes obsessive. But the fact that we have all this information at our hands. But again, it comes back to that sort of saying, like, knowledge is power, but only if you use it and use it correctly Correct. and, and use it safely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about uh, plant-based eating. Oh, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea may have uh, had a little say in, in what topic we're going to talk about in the eating. Um, <laughs> Um, But felt it was important because uh, plant-based eating, what I like about it uh, compared to an extreme like vegan, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, and and an extreme like carnivore. I feel like plant-based eating sort of is in that gray area, somewhere in the middle, trending more towards like that plant-based side, if you will. I would say maybe in the middle is that true omnivore, like they kind of eat everything in the kingdom Mm -hmm. of food. Um, but but tell me exactly like how would you define a plant based eater? Sure. So it's a it's a little bit different. So there's you know the vegan, the vegetarian, the plant based eater, um, the carnivore, those type of things. So a plant based eater is someone that is concerned about what they put in their body in terms of organic, in terms of grass fed or hormone free, pesticide free, those type of things. So a plant based eater eats typically things that are from plant based. Uh, solutions, um, uh, vegetables, uh, doesn't eat a lot of an animal. They might eat eggs, but again, they are concerned about how they were processed, if they were cage-free, hormone-free, those type of things. And that's that's really what a plant-based eater is, in my opinion. And I would totally agree with uh, sort of that definition. And here's the thing. There's a million different definitions depending on who you ask on what plant-based is. Um, For me personally, um, Andrea and I, or actually I've been experimenting um, because she is a vegetarian. So a lot of times when we're together, we make meals that don't have meat in them. Mm -hmm. So that way we don't have to make two meals. But what I found is, is that 
eating meat one time per day, um, if that. Uh, some days I don't, some days I do. Mm-hmm. I have felt a difference in a positive light. Um, I felt like it, it's been more of a learning curve for me to understand how to eat this way, to make sure that I feel full and satisfied, to make sure I'm getting in the, the certain nutrients that I felt like I was maybe missing. Okay. But I felt like a part of that was also like being sort of brainwashed, if you will, to believe that your protein could only come from meat, right? Which I think is is pretty common out there. And I'm not saying that it's bad that if you eat meat all the time, it's just for me, it's tend to work a little bit better. For me, I tend to feel a little bit better. How so? Um, I, I guess uh biggest thing is is I'm I'm definitely eating more vegetables. So because I've taken out a certain food group, uh, you know, Dr. Mark Hyman likes to talk about um and he he he's developed this sort of pegan diet. It, it's like vegan and paleo, mm-hmm. you know, and that idea. But the idea is um to where I feel like because I'm eating less meat, it's become more of a a condiment. Like a condom meat is what mm-hmm. he calls it. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, because I'm eating more vegetables, I'm definitely eating more beans too. So I've increased my fiber intake, my magnesium intake. Um, and I'm also increasing just sort of variety in general. Like, and I'm finding that I feel satisfied even when I don't have the meat, um, which I didn't think was really possible. So I think it was a, a little bit of like, I had this philosophical reasoning, even though I knew and and also like going through training, like like protein is always protein is really important. Right. It's Mm -hmm. something that our body needs for multiple uses, but didn't think that you could eat a way where you're only having meat one time per day. And I still eat eggs, by the way, um, and I still eat Greek yogurt and cheese and things like that. So obviously you're getting, even though it's not a rich protein source, I'm still getting protein from those sources. But I just feel better, period. How uh, do you feel like you're able to recover? Like, is there a difference between mm-hmm. when you ate meat before and where you how you eat now? Uh, I, I would say I feel less heavy. Um, I, it, and I do feel like it has improved my endurance. Um, I feel like I have, uh, more in the tank, if you will, eating a more plant-based diet, um, which is sort of an eye-opening thing, but the, but the studies sort of show that too. Um, and not just in terms of eating like plants, but like spinach and berries and things like that. Um, what would be some reasons that, that people have a hard time going on plant-based? Oh, I think, uh, I think it is, it is hard to make a transition to any type of a, uh, diet where you are either focusing on one macronutrient or you're taking something out. And I think it is about uh, you have to get as much information as you can. And there's so much information out there. But I think that when people try to go to a plant-based eating, they overcarb because they are hungry and they're trying to feel full and they don't know how to make their plate up to make sure that they're getting all the sources. Well, and that probably means that they're turning more towards um, a processed food. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Yep, yep. So like we've, we've talked about before in terms of like labels when we had the minimally uh, processed eating challenge, mm-hmm. like if something says it's vegan doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you. Mm-hmm. It just means it doesn't have the ingredients that would you know classify it as being non-vegan. And I agree with you. I think like anytime you're looking to change your diet, which is what you eat, it, it has to be baby steps. Mm-hmm. And if that means you have to fall back on a tried and true source, even if it may not be the best thing for you, but it's definitely better than like overdoing it. Sure. Um, 
I, I would say go that route. I'm still figuring things out. Like I still see the value of um, eating well-sourced, uh, you know, meat. Um, but I also see the value in eating more in a plant-based style. Um, and again, I what I think too, and, and you'll find this with different people, um, is that plants themselves have natural protective qualities to them. And sometimes people can't tolerate um, a, a lot of plants in their diet. Like mm-hmm. that's just genetically how they're predisposed. Sure. Like uh, there's definitely um, some type of plant derivative that I know if I overdo it in, like you with spinach, yes. like you notice spinach yep. absolutely tears you up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that could be a major reason why also that people would have a hard time going on a plant-based diet because their body just isn't sure. sort of can't digest it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do, they think that at first, like, oh, I can't eat all that fiber that will just make me so bloated and I can't eat all those beans. And it's, you, you find a natural balance and your body also gets somewhat used to eating in that, that way at that the way you pair your food together, it doesn't affect you. Well, and with fiber, that's true no matter if you eat meat or you don't. Um, fiber intake, uh, recommended daily amount is somewhere between 20 and like 30, 35 grams. Uh, and I'm talking about male versus female. Um, and by and the average American only gets 15 grams of fiber. So everybody could use some more. Yeah. But I know agree. that you have to go slow because if you add too much at once, it's going to cause a disruption no matter what. For sure. But I think that's the common the common reason why people are less likely to do it at first because it's the fearful of eating all of those vegetables and fiber at once. When you don't you don't do it all at once, you gradually add it in. But or it's just a you just don't want to change. Yeah. Like like it's hard. Like change is hard. Like And when, it's not a hard it's it's not an easy diet because you go to a restaurant, you really have to be mindful about what you order because it's not, unless you're going to a vegetarian or a vegan restaurant, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not those, you know, items aren't on the menu. And even then when it is a vegan restaurant or the vegan options, it's usually a processed option. Right. Like the Beyond Burger, um, which we've talked about, which is one of the the most processed. Yeah. Yeah. Any of those plant-based burgers, I'm here to tell you right now, is more processed garbage than anything. It's better to eat the meat than it is to eat the... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was interesting, Max Lugavere, who we who we follow, who um, you know has his own podcast. He had put up on Instagram. Uh, it was sort of like a blind uh, test, if you will, and it was ingredient lists for two dog foods and uh, Beyond Meat and or Impossible. It was one of those those uh, fake meat um, uh, products. And the laundry list of ingredients, not only were a lot of them similar, um, but it was so long. So if the goal is, you know, we're trying to eat one ingredient type foods, well, then obviously your meat is going to be better than than eating that. And that's not a plant-based option. That's really yeah. the Impossible Burger and the Band Burger is not a plant-based option. It's, it's a very processed vegan option. Yeah, for sure. So, and then what would be reasons that 
people want to venture this way. So we know how, how it's hard and like they might not be able to process it or maybe they're not ready for that type of change. Mm-hmm. But what would be some reasons that people want to try and dabble in it? I, I think one reason specifically is their health. I think they they view as plant-based dating as that it's a healthy option and that it will help them lose weight. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a twofold. I think it's either a blood pressure or a high cholesterol. You know, they have high cholesterol, blood pressure, and they want to relieve that or have that come down, or they think eating this way will help them lose weight, um, which I, I I can understand why they think that because they're, they're eating healthier, but they're just replacing one macronutrient. They're taking that macronutrient out of meat, so to speak, but they have to find that source, you know, somewhere else. Right. You can't just take protein out of the diet and uh, iron that you get from meat and and other nutrients and expect to just, you know, live off of everything else. Because I'm telling you what, if you are a a vegan or or a more plant based diet, you are missing out on iron. Um, You're missing out on omega Mm threes. You're missing out on calcium. Mm -hmm. You're missing out on vitamin B12. Mm -hmm. And so that might mean that you have to supplement Mm -hmm. um, or just eat in more copious amounts. What I typically find too is that from a plant-based eating perspective and minimally processed, you can eat a lot more food oh, in terms of sure. quantity mm-hmm. because you're not eating as much that is calorically dense. Barring you're not eating a bunch of like fats like nuts and seeds and avocado. Those are obviously very calorically dense. Um, but when you're eating vegetables mm-hmm. and you're eating lentils, like there's not a lot of calorie consumption there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not saying that you can't go on a plant-based diet and fill those gaps that you're missing because I am. You you are filling those gaps in other ways, whether it's through um, supplements or through different ways like nutritional yeast has a lot of vitamin B in it, those type of things. But it is about being mindful and making making sure that your plate has the nutrients on there that you need. And I think that takes a long process. Mm -hmm. I think it's an education. And I wish I had someone to help me go through that process. It was it was a hard learning curve because I will tell you, peanut butter and chips and salsa were like the staple for a long time. (laughs) Uh, And they still might be in the rotation, (laughs) just not as frequently. But so like so give me an example of like a plant based balanced plate. That, that you could you frequently eat and mm-hmm. you put together that has all of the components that maybe somebody wouldn't think about. Sure. I'm, I'm going to go right for tofu because it's one of my, I eat either a black or half a black of tofu a day. Um, but I'll press the tofu and I will cube it and I'll cover it with nutritional yeast and maybe an everything seasoning bagel seasoning. And that's got my vitamin B. It's got some iron in it. Um, it's got B12 uh, and I'll season that and I'll cook that up either in the stove or on the stove top in the oven or on the stove. And then I might have um, sweet potatoes and broccoli and Brussels. Those are my go-to. I might throw pepper in there and I'll cube those up and cook those all together on the stove top as well. Maybe a little bit of olive oil to um, just coat the bottom. Sometimes, usually I don't. Um, And then if I don't put the fat in there. I might put an avocado or I might put some hemp seeds on top of it. Um, and then uh, what am I missing? You have am your I missing anything? Yeah, my sweet potato. Okay. And I got my broccoli, my Brussels, and my, um, I usually and do a pepper and then my tofu. And 
I think that's yeah. pretty balanced. Well, and, and the, the good thing about tofu, too, is that it has phytoestrogens in it. Mm-hmm. So if, especially for you women, if you're dealing with menopausal symptoms, especially hot flashes, mm-hmm. it sh- those phytoestrogens tend to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also is like an added benefit to it. Um, and there is quite a bit of protein in a block of, mm-hmm. of tofu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right around like 25 grams of protein per block. And a block is not um, a- as much as you may think. I wouldn't say it's as filling as like having like six to eight ounces of meat. Mm -hmm. So that's why having those accompanying pieces like Mm -hmm. the fiber and things like that um, are are a good thing to help you feel fuller. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what, I have been proven wrong time and time again, like, oh, I'm not going to feel full after this meal. I'm stuffed and satisfied Mm -hmm. too. And I think too, that's that's sort of what you have to look at is like, um, you know, making sure that you're eating to 80% fullness because you can quickly eat those things because they're they're lower in calorie, right? Um, And making sure that your environment is set up for you to succeed too. Mm -hmm. But just wanted to get an example of of sort of what plant-based eating looks like. There's obviously numerous resources out there. You talked about the information that's available. Um, But I think that what it comes down to, and we've talked about this numerous times in our training, our coaching philosophy is that if it makes you feel better, but you're not going to know if it makes you feel better until you give it enough of a chance. Sure. So I would say like four weeks is is plenty of time. Um, if you have a lot of other priorities on your plate, it, you're going to have to carve out some time to not only learn it, mm-hmm. but also learn how to cook it. Mm-hmm. And I would say the best case scenario or the best way to approach it is to grab one or two things at a time. Sure. To start off slowly, don't jump in full in there because it does take time. It is time consuming. And remember, this is this is what you're putting in your body. So take time to understand what's going in. Absolutely. But I think that's a good segue to our last topic. It is, <laughs> <laughs> which we were going to talk about uh, this whole notion of, of instant gratification. And we even talked about it in the watch, right? Mm-hmm. Like the watch has given us that little bit of instant gratification mm-hmm. when we finish a workout or we close all of our rings. And, you know, this feeling of, of well, if I'm not seeing results after a month, well, then F it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it even goes, I've been working really hard this whole week. I've been watching what I'm eating. I'm working out every day and the scale hasn't moved. And that's because you're only focusing on one aspect Mm -hmm. of of improvement, right? Um, And I understand why you feel the way that you do, because if you have a goal that you're so passionate about and you're working so hard to get after it, what we have to understand is a couple of things. Number one, we have to know what realistic expectations are. Mm-hmm. When it comes to shaping and molding the body, it is a arduous, never-ending, like gauntlet of of work. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's and it's mentally taxing mm-hmm. as it is physically taxing. Mm-hmm. So first of all, know that. And for some individuals, which we learned from Laura Adler, they have certain number of fat cells in their body. So I'm predetermined that way. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they can't lose weight? No, it just means that they're going to have to work even harder because they have resistant weight loss based off of certain things. And so, you know, for me to have that mindset of like, well, it's not working. I think number one, is having realistic expectations. Number two, you need to look at other measurements of success and other measurements of health. 
like I posted the other day, it's like check all the boxes of things that have improved since you started this routine. It was about sleep and stress reduction and pain that has maybe gone away that you had dealt with before. Or maybe you're not dealing with headaches anymore. Or maybe you're getting off your prescription pills. Um, more measurements than just what's on, blinking at you on the scale. Yeah, there is. And we've talked about this in the past that the scale is not the end all be all. It's how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Do you feel less bloated? Do you feel like you're sleeping better? You know, those are those are really tried and true measurements of listening to your body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so what I would say to that, and I don't have much to add on top of that, because it, it, I just want you to start to change your dialogue or your thinking, which I know is very hard. Um, but a few people had shared on our Facebook group, um, which we would love to have you be a part of, by the way. It's a coaching group just for our clients, people that are that want to crave more information, um, and it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually just released the How to Sleep Like a Baby Guide. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the biggest thing is is try, what we saw is that people, um, one of the biggest negotiations they have with themselves to not continue to do something is because they don't see results. And so they say, screw it. They abandon it. You have to give it time. Um, you know, that's why the majority of our virtual programs are 12 weeks in length, because it, it doesn't mean that nothing's working. It just means that you haven't tipped it, the scale far enough yet. Think of it like James Clear had this um, good analogy. He goes, he goes, look at... Um, um, the difference be what's the difference between uh, 31 degrees or excuse me 33 degrees and 32 degrees freezing freezing by one degree mm-hmm. one degree is where that state changes right mm-hmm. and so you know people will look at well it, one small thing I'm going to change isn't going to help right but if you're going from 50 degrees down to 49 down to 48 down to you know and all the way down mm-hmm. eventually, when the body starts to change and then it has that state change at 32 degrees and below, mm-hmm. that's when everything is realized. And that's why sort of his mantra is like, focus on getting 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, you'll realize how much better you've been or how much better you've gotten, right? Or even if you look at it this way, if you lose a half a pound a week, which by the way, a half pound to a pound every single week is optimal. Anything more than that? I'm not saying you can't do it. It's just it's not sustainable. But a half a pound a week, that's 26 and a half pounds in a year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you put things in perspective, you start to measure results from something other than just what's showing on the scale. And then you also find ways to to measure your progress. So whether that means it's, you know, I'm sleeping better or you're using a fitness watch, which we just talked about in that segment at the beginning, um, or it's progress pictures, those are all great ways for you to know if what you're doing is working, but not making a pivot until you give enough time, which I would say, I would say anywhere around four weeks mm-hmm. is plenty of time for your body to get acclimated and for you to realize, is this working for me? And not just from a results standpoint, but from a, does this work in accordance with the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Is it easier for me to compartmentalize this piece that I'm trying to change and put it in with my life and not have it wreak havoc elsewhere? Agreed. 100%. I couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so it comes to our to our final discussion or final thought here. Our parting thought. So, <laughs> and this is another thing that, that it kind of drives me nuts, but I understand why you do it. So you've probably heard freshman 15, holiday weight, uh, you know, vacation weight. And more recently, we've now added my COVID weight. I want to get rid of this COVID weight. Here's the problem with giving your... Uh, weight gain, a lack of self-control, a 
um, naming it, naming it, naming it. It t- yes. It doesn't need a name. What you have to do is just say, you know what? I got a little bit off astray, off stray. I got a little bit off track, right? And now I need to get back on track. And the key word is there. I got off track. Right. And I need to. get You're back not going to pass the blame because of COVID. Trust me. There's a million things that happened over the course of lockdown, over the course of this pandemic that I'm sure tested your will to the nth degree. There's no doubt about that. I am sure. not saying, hey, just be be you know stronger and get get over it. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is don't give a name to the issue. Take ownership yourself. We talk about being your own advocate, right? So it, and if you're using it as a descriptive word, I guess that's okay, but then again, we talk about it all the time. The words that you use and the words that you say um, have a direct influence on your mental capacity, on your mental health. So what I would look at, at it is, hey, I'm going to own this. I know that I got off track. I know that I need to make some changes. I don't care what happened over COVID, and I don't care what else is going to come my way down the road. I'm going to face it head on. And that's just a change in in mental awareness. It's a change in your mindset. Um, but I think it's so important because you can't, if you start giving like the blame game, oh, well, I had family in town, so that's why I ate this way. Or COVID happened, that's why I wasn't able to do X. You're not taking responsibility for it. No responsibility. And, and you, you constantly have this routine cycle of you're passing the buck mm-hmm. every single time. The only person that can get you to where you want to be is you, period. That's the only thing right there. So a little bit of a rant, uh, kind of a a grind my gears moment, but wanted to talk about it because I see it so frequently. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did, please go on the iTunes podcast app, leave a five-star review and a written review. Um, Please reach out to us on Facebook. You can find me, Tyler Ferrant, Andrea Sage. Um, We'd love to have you be in our uh, Facebook community group. Um, And we will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy your shortened week. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.